0: We're going to start a new series which I've entitled The Seventh Seal. It pertains to the um, events that occur in the earth and obviously in heaven as well um, in the last days. And there's a whole series of events that will take place from uh, this present time that we're living now all the way through until the end of the age until our Father creates a new heaven or new heavens, plural, and a new earth. Um, and in the first series that I did on the last days, we covered all of the key events that have to take place in the earth prior to our Lord Jesus Christ returning to the earth. Um, and that led up until the point where the church was in fact being raptured from the earth. This particular series that we're dealing with now is then the next in the sequence, which pertains really to the period of time where the wrath of God is in poured out on the earth. And so it, it pertains to the period of time from the time that the church is raptured out of the earth until such a time that the Lord Jesus Christ then returns uh, to the earth. And so we're dealing with uh, this particular aspect. With regard to this aspect, i would entitled this series, The Seventh Seal, because as we will see um, as we go through the series, the scripture in the book of Revelation uh, reveals to us very clearly that there are seven seals that were opened on the scroll, there were seven trumpets that the angels uh, sounded, and then there were seven bowls of the wrath of God that were poured out on the earth. Now, the seven seals do definitely come before the seven trumpets. The seven trumpets do definitely come before the seven bowls. So, sequentially, that's how it plays out in the book of Revelation. We're going to uh, look at that in a bit more depth as we go through the series. In today's teaching, we're going to be looking at Um, our Lord Jesus Christ has been the one who is worthy uh, to open up the seven seals because it's when the seven seals of of the scroll are opened that we begin to see uh, all of the revelation that our Lord has given to his church pertaining to the events of the end of the age. We also want to have a look at the sequence of the seals because as we understand how the sequence works out it makes it very much clearer for us to understand Uh, biblical uh, prophecy and thus be able to interpret it correctly. And then in today's teaching we want to have a look at the first four seals that were opened from the scroll when our Lord Jesus Christ indeed, indeed did open those scrolls. And so the passage of Scripture we want to open up with today is in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 14 through to verse 17. Scripture says, Now when she had said this, She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascended to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. So we see the account of our Lord appearing to the first of his disciples. Uh, Mary is the first one that our Lord appeared to after he was raised from the dead. And this uh, incident is recorded for us. It takes place very early in the morning. She's at the tomb and she's busy and she's weeping um, because she thinks that somebody's uh, stolen the Lord's body. Uh, the account she has is that she encounters Jesus. She doesn't recognize Jesus for who he is, um, and she thinks he's the gardener. And then our Lord does make himself known to her. But when the Lord makes himself known to her, he makes a very important comment. For he says to her in verse 17, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. And so our Lord Jesus um, could not be touched at that time because he had to still ascend into the most holy place of all and he had to offer up his blood as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. Now in order for him to do that, he had to enter into the holiest of all before God the Father as the spotless Lamb of God. So he couldn't be touched prior to going there because otherwise he wouldn't be spotless anymore. And so that's why our Lord says to uh, to Mary, don't cling to me. Now that same evening, our Lord appears to all of the disciples, not all of them, but a great many of them, in the upper room. And when he does that, um, he at that point says to them that they can then touch him and handle him. He's because he wants him to to feel his resurrected body that, that is him in his resurrected body. Uh, and then we pick, pick up in Luke's account, Luke 24 verse 39. Now why does he do that? Well it's because he, in the earlier part of the day, had already ascended into heaven, had presented his blood to God the Father as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. That sacrifice had thus been accepted by God. It was then possible for our Lord Jesus to then return to the earth now, our Lord did so for a period of 40 days. If you have a look at the scriptures, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 3 tells us that, that after our Lord was raised from the dead, for a period of 40 days, he appeared to the disciples on numerous occasions and taught them concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Now, as I say, that night when he appears to the disciples, he encourages them to handle him. Touch me and see. He says, A spirit does not have flesh and bones such as you see I have. And he encourages them, them to put their fingers through the nail prints in his hand, and their, their hands into his side where the spear had gone in. Now the reason, as I say, he could do that is because he had now presented his blood before the Father, that sacrifice had been accepted, and now Jesus could be handled by his disciples. But prior to that, he could not be handled by his disciples because he had to go into heaven to uh, present himself as the spotless Lamb of God. Now, at the end of the forty-day period. So, if you have a look at the account in the Book of Acts and the Book of Luke and the Book of John, there are numerous accounts given to us of our Lord appearing to the disciples on numerous occasions. And also in the Book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul does give us a, a bit of a timeline as to all the, the uh, not all of the times but a, a number of the times that our Lord did appear to the disciples. It was the one time He appeared to over 500 of them at once on the mountain in Galilee. And so that is pretty much all of the disciples that, are, that followed our Lord during His earthly ministry, they uh, went to that mountain on that day. Because our Lord, throughout His time on the earth, kept telling them, guys, when I'm raised from the dead, I will appear to you on this mountain. He showed them the mountain, and He also gave them the time that He would appear to them. And so they were all congregated there on that particular day. Our Lord then appeared to them as well. And so he taught them over a period of 40 days, things concerning uh, the kingdom of God. At the end of the 40-day period, uh, we pick up an account in Scripture that um, describes to us the close of that period, and the account is in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 11. Scripture says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Jesus saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so, as I say, during that period of 40 days, our Lord was uh, going backwards and forwards between heaven and earth um, because he ascended into heaven that first day presented his body, then came back he uh, appeared to Peter in the afternoon he appeared to the two disciples in the evening on their way to Emmaus he then appeared to uh, most of the disciples that evening in the upper room uh, then he appeared to uh, <sighs> the, the guys who were, were fishing he appeared to them appeared to the 500, on uh, numerous occasions our Lord. So he, our Lord was going backwards and forwards between heaven and earth during this time. At the end of the 40-day period, our Lord now sends into heaven for the last time. Well, when I say the last time, our Lord has appeared to numerous people since that time, uh, even up until the present day. do not want to get into any kind of uh, depth around that discussion. But the point really that I wanted to highlight here is that At this time, our Lord now ascends into heaven, and something else transpires. So the first time our Lord goes into heaven, he presents his blood. When I say the first time, I'm talking about when he was first raised from the dead. He presents his blood before the Father as the atoning sacrifice. After the 40-day period of him going backwards and forwards between heaven and uh, speaking to the disciples, he now ascends into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse uh, 12 to 13 um, because now he's waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. God, God the Father is currently doing that. That, has not yet, uh, that work hasn't yet been accomplished. Um, uh, people say that God's completed all of his work. Yes, he has, but we're not going to get into that because scripture is very plain that God the Father is the one that places our Lord's enemies under his feet. As his footstool and so our lord is sitting at the right hand of the father waiting until all of his enemies are placed under his feet the last enemy to be destroyed being death itself or himself should we say um, but when our lord ascended into heaven on this occasion something else transpired it wasn't um, him having to present his blood before the throne but this is the account that we see of what transpired on this occasion Uh, is revealed to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. And we pick it up in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 through to 14. And it's at this point that we then see the scroll with the seven seals. And this is now the beginning of the revelation of God as to what will take place in the earth. Now, in the book of Revelation, our Lord speaks about John having to report of that which he sees, that which is, and that which is to come. And so when we look at the seven seals, the seven trumpets is all futuristic. We'll have go through it as we get into the series. The seven bowls are all futuristic. Again, we'll look at it as we go into the series. The seven trumpets are not all futuristic. Two of them are. Um, five of them, however, are... As, as our Lord said, John had to report that which he has seen, that which is, and that which is to come. And so five of the seals are that which is. Um, it pertains to the future, but it also pertains to the present and also to the past. We'll have a look at it in more detail. and understand that. So we just need to get uh, understanding around the concept. But in this passage of Scripture, we see the seven seals mentioned uh, on the scroll. And so the Scripture says... In verse 1, And I saw in the right hand of him, who sat on the throne, a scroll scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And so this is describing God our Father. He's sitting on the throne, and in his right hand is the scroll, which is written on the inside and on the back of the scroll. And the scroll has seven seals on it. Verse 2, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven, or on the earth, or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, John speaking of himself, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. There were were 24 elders that are seated on thrones around the throne of God. So that's what he's talking about, one of those elders. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seals. uh, This is obviously a, a picture of Jesus. He prevailed. Why? Because... He was the spotless Lamb of God, who suffered death for the whole world, and took upon himself the sin of the world, and he prevailed. Verse 6 And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came, talking about our Lord Jesus now Um, because our Lord is the Lamb of God then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne now when he had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us and redeemed to our God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and every people and nation and have made them kings and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. Literally billions and billions of angels. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb, who Were slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen, and the twenty four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. And so it was at this time that our Lord takes the scroll out of our Father's hand. And so it happened when our Lord descended into heaven on that last occasion after the 40-day period of appearing to the saints. And he is the only one in heaven, on earth, and under the earth who is worthy, and who was worthy, obviously, to take the scroll out of our Father's hand and to open its seven seals. No one else. Had Jesus not done what he did, that scroll would still be sealed today because there's no one else in God's creation who could have opened it. But Jesus is the only one. He prevailed, He overcame. And so He has taken the scroll out of our Father's hand and He has opened the seven seals. And it's those seven seals, when our Lord began to open those seven seals, and He's opened them uh, all them until now, um, that all things have then started to take place as written in the scroll. And so we'll go through it seal by seal, we'll discuss it, and it obviously leads us, as I say, into the seven trumpets, which in turn lead us into the seven bowls of the wrath of God. But we need to understand a concept around uh, things in the spirit realm, in order for us to have a clearer understanding of, of the seven seals, for argument's sake. And that is the sequence of the seals as they are opened. And what we need to understand is that in the realm of the spirit, there, there's n- neither time nor distance. In this r- natural realm that we dwell in, we are constrained to both time and distance. Um, so let's understand the concept by looking just at the, at the distance as- aspect. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. The Apostle Paul writing, he says. For I indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done, so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved In the day of our Lord Jesus is what the Apostle Paul is trying to teach the church here is folks there's actually no distance in the spirit realm he says though I'm absent in body yet in spirit I'm present with you guys and so he said when you get together along with my spirit because his spirit is there um, we can now do this thing we can judge this person in with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ And so the point we want to just raise from this issue is that in the the realm of the Spirit there's no such thing as distance. That is why it is quite possible because we as Christians are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us very clearly we are seated together with Him in the heavenly places right now, present tense. But at the same time, we're saints on the earth walking about in this earth. We don't see the throne of God. We don't see heaven as, as Jesus sees it, and yet in the spirit realm the Bible teaches us very plainly that's where we are. But we're also here on the earth. So how can we be in two places at the same time? Well we can because in the realm of the spirit there's no such thing as distance. And So we just, it, it's hard to, and from a, a natural standpoint, to understand spiritual concepts. But we do need to understand spiritual concepts if we're going to understand Bible prophecy, because Bible prophecy is spiritual in nature, not natural. And so there is no distance in the realm of the Spirit, and and the Apostle Paul tries to teach us that concept in the book of